Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is going to be environmentalism in Bible prophecy. Specifically, we're going to talk about greenhouse emissions, global warming, save the planet, save the whales, and all of that, and how it relates to Bible prophecy. Now, before I start this, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I do believe, and I believe the Bible teaches, that we should protect our planet. We should try to see that the entire species of life is not eliminated, meaning that some plants, animals, and birds do need our protection. Just as God commanded that the land should be given one year of rest out of every seven, we should not overwork the land, overfish an area, or eliminate any specific species. In other words, Adam was placed into the Garden of Eden to make it better. So we should do our part in our earth to keep it strong and prosperous. But that's not what environmentalism is really all about. I believe that I can show you that environmentalism, the whole greenhouse emissions, global warming, save the planet, save the whales, all of that is really not about helping our planet. It is really, this is going to be shocking, This is really about eliminating humans, getting you, all of the humans out there, willing to go out and track people down, catch them, and kill the people that do not have the mark of the beast. What? How you figure environmentalism saved the planet, saved the wealth? How does that relate to the mark of the beast? Well, brothers and sisters, that is a major question. If you want to understand the heart of the devil, if you want to understand where the world is heading, always ask yourself this one question. How does that get us closer down the funnel to taking the mark of the beast? And that will help you to understand the real motivation behind it. Okay, so let's start. What causes global warming? Okay, well, there's a number of things that you hear in the news, all sorts of things. But The answer is, what causes global warming? At the end of the day, the answer boils down to one word. And the answer is, people. People hurt the environment. That's what they're going to say. Now, (laughs) they don't understand that the objective of this whole 6,000 years is to get people whose names were written in the book of life before the earth was created to be in eternity with Jesus. The objective is not to create a wonderful environment, a wonderful planet that lives forever. This planet does not live forever. Okay, so what it's really about is eliminating people, specifically those people that won't take the mark of the beast. Stan, that's a long jump from global warming to mark of the beast. Really? I think I'm going to show you actually it is not. If you see through what they're really doing, let's go on. The solution is not using sustainable, replaceable energy to fix global warming. That's really not the solution. The end game is to give an excuse to eliminate people. The Khazarian, banking cabal, Satan, communists, socialists, whatever you want to call them, think that we have too many people on the planet. Oh, you won't hear them say that. And if you ask them directly, they're going to say that's not the objective. But... The people, see, I believe that there is a think tank, probably headed up by the devil, that tell the Democrats what their platforms are going to be. 
I don't tell them the end game. And because they don't know Bible prophecy, they don't understand the end game. But the devil understands what he's doing. What they want to do in their heart and in the objectives and the platforms they're given, they're basically saying, let's eliminate some useless eaters today, but let's get people used to eliminating other people so that when it comes time for the mark of the beast, they won't have such a rejection to going out and eliminating people simply because they didn't take the mark of the beast. They don't want to be part of the system. Am I right? Uh, Unfortunately, I think I can show that I am. The objective of the communists is not to give free health care or the socialists or the Democrats, whatever you want to call them. It's not to give free health care, but to show the world that we need to eliminate the old, the feeble, those who cannot contribute to the global society, to get young people to grow tired of having to give and their taxes and raising their taxes and having to support with food, health care, housing, all of the useless eaters. And of course, again, the end game is those people that resist the mark of the beast. Global warming today wants to eliminate the use of coal, natural gas, crude oil, which, by the way, is not a fossil fuel. And I could do a whole program on that. But crude oil is not from pre-flood plants and animals. Maybe I should even talk about that someday. Maybe tomorrow. The end objective is to eliminate people who must use energy to plant, harvest, and process our food. In other words, without coal, without crude oil, without some of that energy, the world would have millions, maybe billions of people die off because we couldn't have our tractors to plant, harvest, and to have electricity to process and to refrigerate and to transport. We would die off. You see, that's the objective. We have to put the planet above the people, meaning we have to eliminate some people. Well, today, it's eliminate people. Well, who do we look around and eliminate? Well, first, it's going to be the old, the crippled, and the feeble. But then it's going to be those people that don't want to come into the system. They don't want to take the mark. They don't want to worship the uh, the Antichrist, you see. That's where it's really going. You see, to fly airplanes, to refrigerate our food, we need to eliminate millions of dead weights. The old, the feeble, the crippled, and that's their ultimate objective. That's what the Democrats, you can also call them socialists, communists, the devil, Kazarians, whatever you want to call them. But that's their objective. The same people who cry, save the whales, are generally the same ones who say we should allow abortion up to the the moment of birth. And some people now have even been saying, well, maybe we should allow killing of the baby even after birth. But you see, it's the same objective. The, The devil is trying to get people to be willing to kill other people, to eliminate other people. That's where they're going. See, if we kill babies after birth, if he can get them to do that, then why not kill all those unable to produce? Just like Hitler did. That's what he did. He rounded up people that were the old, the feeble, the cripples, and he just killed them. They just eliminated them. So those who don't like those resisting the mark, they'll just eliminate you. The same crowd that wants to remove all the borders also wants to remove all sovereignty, 
remove all national borders, all state, all county. They want to remove all property lines and make the whole world a big communist world where everyone shares with everyone. What's wrong with that? Well, communism has already been proven. It doesn't work. People don't like working to give it away. And they don't like the person next to them doing half the job they're doing, and yet the person next to them gets the same amount. They don't like that. And so that's essentially the communist. And, of course, at the end of the day, the whole objective of communism is to get people to be willing to eliminate the person standing next to them, especially those ones that the Antichrist says, if you don't take the mark, you know, I'm going to buy or sell, and then eventually it will be go kill the ones without the mark. Many people raised in a Christian home then went off to a secular college and they lost their faith at that secular college by a secular professor that convinced them that his way or her way is more accurate than what the Bible taught, more accurate than what their parents had taught them. See, Democrats want free college, but they want it to get more people corrupted, especially weak Christians. Yes, Democrats want all the sinful immigrants who tend not to be Christians to flood our nation. Why? Diluting the Christian votes, ensuring their future election victories, and the destruction of our nation. See, Democrats want, and by the way, when I say Democrats, I want you to understand, it's not just Democrats. It's basically anyone that has not received Jesus. So you could call them the tares. Let's refer to them as tares. So the tares want free health care to tire the masses, to get them to grow weary of agreeing in the principle to eliminate people deemed worthy of elimination. They want them to say, look, I'm getting tired of paying for your health care. I'm getting tired of feeding you when you're too old and too crippled up or too whatever to work. If you can't work, I mean, Paul did say those that do not work shall not eat. He didn't say those that can't work shall not eat. He said those that do not work shall not eat. So it is, God has intended for us to work and to provide for ourselves. Let's go on. So tares want minimum wage to throw more people out of work, thus calling for a communist government to take care of all of those out of work. Matter of fact, let me back up, make another point here. The tares want free health care so that the younger people, the masses, begin to grow tired of giving to them. And you see where it's heading. Eventually, they'll say, look, I'm getting tired of giving to these old people. We need to just eliminate them. Well, that's their objective today. But the devil's end time game is to eliminate those people that won't take the mark of the beast. The tares today are the Democrats or the communists, whatever you want to call them, want sex education in our schools. They want it taught in the schools. Why? To corrupt the children away from righteousness, away from Jesus. Democrats want marijuana to be legalized, to create more people who are demon-possessed, whose brain has been fried by marijuana and can't work, causing useless eaters and getting the masses to recognize that these people have to be eliminated. Now, I know a lot of people want to say, oh, well, marijuana doesn't hurt you. Well, why don't you tell my brother that? Because I saw my brother smoke marijuana 
for years. No, I didn't live near him, and I guess I shouldn't say I saw it, but I could certainly see the difference between when I knew him before he started smoking marijuana and afterwards. But a miracle happened in his life. He got saved, got all cleaned up. Now he pastors a church up in the Spokane area. So, Jesus, thank you very much for healing my younger brother. Democrats want to destroy everything good, everything Christian. Donald Trump, in their eyes, represents Christ. Now, I did not say Donald Trump is Christ. I said, in their eyes, Donald Trump represents Christ. He represents everything good, which is why President Trump is their mortal enemy. President Trump is the greatest threat to the devil alive today because he is not compromised, and I believe he is a Christian. I believe he works for good. Now, let me tell you the story of Thanksgiving, then I want to get to <laughs> the next thing in the broadcast I want to cover. In America, when our nation first started out, when the Mayflower, by the way, I, I find it very difficult to find this story on the Internet anymore. Uh, and it's funny how things that have Christian-supported ideas get removed from the Internet. Well, it used to be that this was up on the Internet, but I heard it years and years ago. So when the Mayflower first came over and our forefathers got off the Mayflower in 1620, that's when they signed the Mayflower Compact, where they said that they're starting a new nation for the furtherance of the Christian faith, unquote. That was November the 11th, 1620. Well, they decided that they were going to set up this new nation according to the Bible. And since in the Bible it mentions in Acts that they had all things common, they thought, okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to share all of what we have. Well, that winter, there were many of the pilgrims that starved to death. And they said, okay, that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work at all. So here's what we're going to do. This next year, if you want to eat in the harvest, you better plant in the spring because we're not going to allow anybody to share anything. This time, you have to provide for yourself. Well, they had such a bountiful harvest, they called for a great celebration, and that's how Thanksgiving got started. Oh, no, you don't find that most places, but that's the true story, meaning that God did not want this nation to be a communist nation where all things are common. He wants us to stand on our own two feet. Now, take, for example, me. Well, I'm 65. I could apply for whatever they call that, uh, you know, where you get a check from the government. Say it tells you how much I'm into it. I don't want a check from the government. I count on Jesus to protect me and to provide for me. Now, before I get to this next segment, segment here, I've got to give you a little bit of a disclaimer. I want you to never say, Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club said that the fall of America is in 2020 or 2021. I don't want you to say I set a date. I'm very adamant I'm not setting a date. Please do not say I set a date to the fall of America or to the start of the tribulation or the return of Jesus. I do not know. And we also know that just like Sundar Salvarej and also Maurice Scalar was told both of them, one in a face-to-face, -face, one in a vision, that God gave us a respite, that God gave us a delay, and he's given that now to us twice, and he could do it again. However, for me to make the point I want to make, I want to put this off on Terry Bennett. Terry Bennett says that the angel Gabriel told him in a face-to-face -face visit that America falls in 2021. 
Again, that may have been delayed. And that the start of the tribulation would be 2022. He didn't say it exactly in these words. I want to, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but in so many words, he also said that the tribulation ends in 2028 with the return of Jesus in 2028. Again, I want to make that clear. He did not say it in those words, but in so many words, that's what he was indicating. Maybe that's the way to say it. But I'm not trying to say anything bad about Terry Bennett, nor am I trying to discredit him either. What I am trying to say is, let's say, for example, he's right. Let's say, for example, Jesus did return in the ballpark of 2028, 2029, 2030. That's the point I'm trying to make. In other words, I'm trying to say we don't have 200 years. We don't have 50 years. We probably don't have 20 years. We probably have yeah, maybe 15, 10. But, but today, let's take, for example, if... Jesus were to return in 10 years. Now, that's just a ballpark guess, okay? If he were to return in 10 years. Now, let's talk about this environmentalism in light of that. Greenhouse emissions, global warming, save the planet, save the whales, that whole genre out there. How important is that? Revelation 21.1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, here it is, and there was no more sea. So do we really have to be overly concerned with the whales more so than the American babies that the whales survive because the Bible says everything, I'm about to read that scripture to you too, everything in the sea dies and there is no more sea in eternity. No more sea. Revelation 16.3. Second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And here it is. Every living soul died in the sea. So, yes, we do need to protect our environment, but we don't need to protect our environment to by killing people. That's my point. Third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And the angel of the waters said, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged us, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So literally, all water in the sea, the fountains, the water aquifers under the earth, all water on the earth becomes undrinkable. Now, when is this? You might be saying, well, I can tell you. Because again, the audible voice of God told me the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. So the second vial is when the sea became blood undrinkable. Third vial, the rivers and fountains become blood undrinkable. So that means we've got one, two, three, four, four days. So roughly all water on earth is undrinkable four days before Jesus returns. So is it really all that important to save the environment? Or would you agree with me that it's really more important to save souls into eternity? That's Jesus' objective. What he's about to do is to return. And when he returns, he's going to destroy everything in this world. So just how important is it to save the whales? Don't get me wrong. We should protect them. But we should not protect them at the expense of killing humans. That's my point. Humans are more important. The objective is to get people into the kingdom of God. Isaiah 24, 1. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Meaning, 
that the earth literally is going to turn upside down. Now, there's another scripture I didn't pull up, but it says, at the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved, meaning that probably when those Russian nuclear bombs land all across America all in one hour, probably the earth is knocked out of its orbit, and that may be what causes that. Verse 3, the land shall be utterly emptied, utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away, and the word languisheth and fadeth away, meaning that the earth is growing old. Today, if you want the ground to bring forth enough food, these days you got to put something to kill the weeds, put something to make it grow, you got to water it, you got to fertilize it, but it didn't used to be that way. It didn't used to be that way because back in the days when, remember, the children of Israel went into the land of Canaan to spy out the land, and they brought back a cluster of grapes that was so big that it put it on a pole and suspended through the, between two men, meaning that cluster. Of, by the way, they were probably much bigger and much stronger and lived longer in those days than we do today, and they didn't have to have all these vitamins and supplements and things like that that we take. So... They probably were carrying a cluster of grapes that probably weighed a couple of hundred pounds, maybe 300 pounds. Probably each one of those grapes that today is as big as your thumb, but in those days they were probably as big as an orange or an apple. Try to imagine that. So yes, the earth mourns, is fading away, and it languishes. In other words, it's old. It's it's dying. The earth is in the process of dying. So what I'm trying to say is, environmentalism is trying to kill people. But what Jesus and what you and I are trying to do is trying to save people, not save people just in this life, but we really want to see them with their name in the book of life living in eternity. Verse 5, the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, the laws of God, changed the ordinance and broken the everlasting covenant, which means they've sinned. Therefore, the curse has devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, that's the morning star, and few men left. There's another scripture that says only about one-third of the people alive today will make it through to the return of Jesus, meaning about two-thirds of the people alive today will die. So just how important is it for us to take care of this earth? Now, don't get, me wrong, don't get me wrong. We should take care of the earth. But we should have humans more important than the earth. That's my point. Isaiah twenty four eighteen. The foundations of the earth do shake. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard. Isaiah 2.19 says, And they shall go into the holes of the rocks, into the caves of the earth, for the fear of the Lord, and for the glory of his majesty. In other words, they see him split time. In eternity enters into time. That's when I saw heaven opened, and Jesus, brighter than the sun, in his glory, wearing his white wedding garments, returns on his white horse, that's his glory, his majesty, his king of kings and lord of lords now. And that's when he arises to shake terribly the earth. This is when they go into the clefts of the rocks, into the tops of the rocks for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. When he arises, here it is, here it is, to shake terribly the earth. 
This is when Isaiah 40, verse 4 is fulfilled. Every valley shall be exalted. In other words, every valley fills in. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. means every mountain is all smoothed out. Every valley is all filled in. The crooked places shall be made straight. The rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together all at once. In other words, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the seventh trump. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This is the day that he arises to shake the earth terribly. This is when the sun, the moon, and the stars are dark. The stars withdraw their shining because the eternity splits time, enters into the time. That's the darkness. That's when the Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp camp is very great. And he is strong that executed his word for the day of the Lord is great and terrible. And who can abide? In other words, who can stand? This is the day that every island fled away and the mountains were not found. The heavens rolled back like a scroll and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And this is the day that everything is shaken. In other words, this world on the day of trumpets, the last day, the day that Jesus returned for the second time, the final time. When I say he's returning two more times, we've talked about that. But anyway, on trumpets, the day of the Lord and everything on the earth of the old earth is destroyed. He makes a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So understand the objective of environmentalism, greenhouse emissions, global warming, save the planet, save the whales. We got to open up the borders. Understand all of that is not of God. All of that is about killing people, getting the hearts of people around the globe, especially Americans, to be willing to kill your brothers and sisters. If you like Prophecy Club, if it is one of your ministries that you support, if you feel like we're doing the right thing, then would you consider sending us a donation? It's summertime, and man, our donations have dropped just down to almost nothing. So if you could help us right now, it would really be appreciated. Prophecyclub.com In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feasts. Who are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat explained. The great white throne explained. The nations explained. What is the shout? And the parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what water? Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 
10 for 55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, 1 for 20. No, 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 don't do that. You want to get 5 for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55. prophecyclub.com. At WatchProphecyClub.com, you can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's $6,000 worth of information at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. What a deal. Now you can donate to the Prophecy Club on your mobile device. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Just text the word PROPHECY to 444-999 and follow the prompts. Message and data rates may apply. You can also listen to the Prophecy Club anytime on Alexa, Google Home, and YouTube. Just say, Alexa, play Prophecy Club. Our websites are prophecyclub.com, watchprophecyclub.com, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, and a Prophecy Club has been a blessing to you. And if God has blessed you, When it comes time for your giving, please remember Prophecy Club. It's summertime. We really could use your help now. Thank you, and God bless. Help us take your warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today. 